Hello, and welcome to Cranky Commentaries. As always, I'm your host, Jake Del Mastro, and I'm joined by my very good friend and co-host, Keaton Byer. Uh, how's it going? It's um, it's kind of weird that we're doing a film this week that only has a running time of 81 minutes. But Keaton, before we start, I have a question for you. Yeah. What is the cutest dog, and why is it the Beagle? <laughs> Because my dog is part beagle. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> what does that beagle have to do with anything? There's no beagles in this movie. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Only 81 minutes. I think there, there might be specifically one beagle in this no, movie. No beagles. 81 minute running time. <laughs> yep. So, uh, yeah, we're doing uh, John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> Which has no dogs in it whatsoever. As far as yeah, I've so, seen. So Keaton refuses to watch the first portion of the movie. Uh, I assume because he's emotionally scarred by it. They don't tell you these things when you go to see them the first time. Actually, they do. <laughs> There's a whole website, in fact, dedicated yeah? to it. Called I think it's called DoesTheDogDie.com, and you can it, it's 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 does spoilers, but only for if the dog dies. Oh, in any movie. In any movie, yeah. Well, I feel like this movie hits it with you, like hits you with it right out of the yeah, game. Yeah, hits you much. over the head with it pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like I don't even think it's twenty minutes in. I think it's only like twelve minutes in that you have. No, to yeah, it's. I that dog only survives one day. But yeah, this dog dog's only on this on screen for like forty five seconds before they. It's a really cute dog, though. Yeah, and then they kill it pretty. And they show you its corpse too. It's pretty rough. They do. It's pretty rough. Yeah, it's pretty stupid, man. <laughs> It's effective. Yeah, but would it not just be equally effective if they didn't show you the, the corpse? I think we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves. but <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about this Keanu Reeves epic. Epic? Yeah, it's a, well, it's a franchise now. 81-minute. 81-minute <laughs> <laughs> epic. How long is the movie actually? Like, I think it's only an hour and 45 minutes or something like I think like that. the runtime is technically 101 minutes, but... Yeah. If you if you watch it correctly, it should only be about 80 81 minutes. <laughs> so do you want to summarize uh summarize for us this film that we're going to be talking about today? Yeah, okay, I can do that. I so I think this is going to be short and sweet here because there's not a lot to you know, talk about. I mean, anyone who's seen it There's not that the much to talk about. Who knows? So, essentially uh there's this guy uh whose wife died. Yeah. His name's John Wick. <laughs> he yeah. played by Keanu Reeves. Yeah. <laughs> uh and his he is at his like wife's funeral and then like he gets a package. Turns out his dead wife has sent him a puppy. Yeah, it's some good she planning. Because she had she had cancer, so I guess she knew she was gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> some good planning but, still. Like I mean that's good to like have it show up the day after the funeral too. Well I mean that's where the like emotionally like, you know that's that's the uh that's how emotionally heavy the first like bit of this movie is. Yeah, it's like it's like up, but if they like, you know, killed the dog. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um some Russian mobsters uh decide that, you know, you know, they just 
you know, want to ruin this guy's day. These, so... these, these guys are barely even the mobsters. These are just hooligans. Well, th- yeah, they're, you know, they're, it's the son they're, of the They're mob-affiliated, yeah. They're... Yeah. And so they decide that, you know, they want John Wick's car. And yeah. John Wick doesn't want to give them his car. So they kill his uh, dog and take his car. And John Wick doesn't like that very much. And what they don't know uh, and what becomes established pretty quickly is that John Wick is actually a hitman. A former hitman. A really good one. (laughs) Sorry? former hitman. Yes, a former hitman and a damn good one, apparently. Yeah, the best around. Uh, What did they call him? He's not the boogeyman. He's the man you sent to kill the boogeyman. (laughs) (laughs) And the Russians call him Baba Yaga. Right, yeah. He's a witch. Um, Sorry? He's a witch. Right, but um, anyway, so he decides, uh, you know, enough is enough. Uh, I am going to murder a lot of people. Uh, and, you know, avenge my uh, dog. Yeah. I'm gonna go... And that's the entire movie, basically. He's... He kills a lot of people. Yeah, I'm gonna go kill everyone involved. But it's justified, because they killed his dog. Yeah, exactly. So, you can feel good about it. And they're all bad. They're all bad guys. They're all baddies. As far as we know. Well, I mean, there's some that... Or there's questionable, years, but... yeah, there's questionable. Uh, uh... <laughs> They're all mobsters. They're all bad guys. They're all terrible criminals and everything. Yeah, Russian mobsters, you know. Exactly. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's the movie. That's the summary. Yeah, that's it is, as you said, short and sweet. Uh, so do you have any initial thoughts about this uh, this this action film? This, what I don't know, is it? Is it a classic I, yet? I don't know. I, I think it's like a modern classic. I think although, so. Yeah. It's like I think it uh it's it's very good in its execution and like I think you know one could possibly have the criticism that it is just it is of poor taste in general. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it does what it is trying to do, I think. I mean, is and it quite effectively? Yeah, I, I agree. How well, how would one argue that it's in poor taste just because of the amount of murder, like senseless violence? Yeah, that it's tasteless. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's some. There's some <laughs> senseless violence in there for sure. But it's like, I don't know. Is it like I liked the movie actually? Yeah, me too. Um, is it is it in any more poor taste than um I don't know, what's a Steven Seagal movie Under Siege yeah but I mean like you could also make the argument that (laughs) those are not only in poor taste but also in poor execution yeah you're right you're right that's a horrible example now that I think about it those are terrible movies (laughs) um well well, maybe we'll cover those one day we could talk about those for a while but I'm getting sidetracked um yeah I think so I think you're right I think it's so clear that it's like it's a it's a slightly different take on an action movie, I think, which is why it it uh gets its yeah. But I mean, like, I, I like I think it like it rapidly became very clear after this movie came out that like you know this is exactly what everybody wanted, right? 
Did you want to like quickly go over the box office numbers here? Yeah, yeah, let's 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 do that. It um uh, <laughs> Okay, let's start with the budget because like it this is a pretty small budget, I think. All things considered, yeah, yeah, it's Yeah. Well, I mean, and yeah, and we'll get into it. It's a, it's actually a lot smaller of a production than I anticipated. Yeah, like, like it's it was efficient, I think. Yeah, exactly. Extremely efficient. Um so I here it says the budget was twenty two thirty million dollars. I don't know if you have more clarification. On I that don't, team. but let's just take a quick look at the because uh, there's three sources for that. Ah, I see. So that's probably why there's such a big. Let's see, film tax credit quarterly report Empire State Development. That seems like that's probably going to be the most um legitimate. Well, I mean, it's also probably the most fudged. Ah, that's a good point, but it'll be the most, like... <laughs> that's the way that they want to make that seem bigger, right? Yeah. Um, So that's probably where the $30 million comes from. Yeah, yeah, you're probably Is that right. one. Uh, but yeah, so somewhere between 20 and $30 million. Uh, so pretty cheap for, you know, a big blockbuster movie like this is. Yeah, exactly, yeah, totally. Yeah, and so uh, box office of eighty six million. Yeah, so huge turnaround twenty to thirty million, eighty six million turnaround is like. And I, I assume this is not including like streaming and stuff like that, which I'm sure. Oh yeah. Know, makes up a huge, extra amount that this movie made, right? Yeah, I never saw this in theaters. <laughs> no, I didn't either. I streamed it. I, uh, I think I've seen this movie. Two, three times now. This this will have been my third time watching. Yeah, it. I I probably about the same. And I like, think so. it's not necessarily because I like love this movie. I think sometimes you're just like, it's just it's a silly movie, that is like kind of fun. So you like yeah, throw it on. Exactly. And the other thing is, it's like it's easily accessible. Like you know, it happens to be on Netflix. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um. um but yeah. So yeah. So you know. so should we get into some of the, the the people involved? Obviously, we've mentioned Keanu Reeves is uh plays a pretty Canadian treasure. Canadian Keanu treasure, Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Good old Toronto boy. Good old Toronto boy. He's uh not only is he Canadian, he's just a human treasure as far as far as uh you know as far as I'm aware. Everybody seems to have only yeah. only good things to say about him. Um, I don't know how much of that is just because of the meme that he's become, you know? Which meme? <laughs> I just mean he himself is like oh, a, yeah. the nice guy meme, basically. Well, not, right, not right, like the right, nice right. guy TM meme, but you know. Because I'm pretty sure there's a couple Keanu memes. Oh, there's several, I believe, yeah. But Yeah. But yeah. So then we also have uh, Michael, Ni- Michael Nyquist. Nyquist, sorry. <laughs> May yeah. may he rest in peace. We just learned while trying to figure out how to pronounce his name, even though I just fucked it up. Michael Nyquist. Michael Nyquist. Uh, yeah. And then you know everyone else is like, there's a lot of people, and you've also got uh, Willem Dafoe, John Leguizamo. Yeah. I don't know. I, the other people I could name, but I don't actually really know who they are, so it wouldn't really do me any good. So. Uh, I know who Adrian Palicki is because of the Orville. <laughs> oh, she's in. Uh, oh, she's in that show, right? Yeah, that's right. She plays the uh, the other assassin lady who attacks him in the hotel. Yeah, room. yeah, yeah. She does. Right. Yeah. So there you go. Um, 
I think we'll talk about the characters more because I think the character development was actually was a interesting part of the pre-production. That we'll yeah. get into in a moment. Yeah, yeah. Also, like the way they introduced the character in the movie, I think is really well done. Which character? Just each one. John Wick. Oh, John like, Wick. Yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. So let's let's start talking about the 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 the, the making of this move this movie. Okay. Um, yeah, sure. So what we haven't mentioned yet is the uh, the guy who wrote it is a guy named Derek Kolstad, um, who I had never heard of before this. I also assume you had never heard of him as well. So he wasn't very well known until, uh, I don't know, about a decade ago. Um, he was just kind of a struggling screenwriter. He... Uh, he he, but then he kind of broke out when he wrote. I forget what the first one was called. I don't think it ended up being like the film that was made ended up having the same title as the screenplay. But it was like a Dolph Lundgren film. So he ended oh, up pfft. he ended up make writing two Dolph Lundgren films, but like new ones, like one that they made in like twenty twelve. Oh really? Let's see. Uh, so if one in the chamber, yeah, that's what it was. One in the chamber was the and was one of the them. package. Yeah, those so those were the those were the two movies. That, oh wow, those were literally the ones he did just before John Wick too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So those were the only reason that John Wick was able to be made. So so he writes these two Dolph Lundgren films, which so he gets starts getting some exposure. So then he writes this script called Scorn, which every time I saw it written was written in all caps. So I assume Yeah, maybe that was how it was meant to be. I assume that that's how it uh it's meant to be. Yeah. Um, or at least that's what it was written like on the screenplay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so Scorn would go on to become our good friend John Wick. Not that his name was Scorn, but the script would turn into the it. script. Yeah, exactly. Um, but there was some super uh, interesting stuff about how they perceived, like the, uh, or rather, how Derek perceived the uh, the lead character. So do you want to read? So this? originally, originally he was supposed to be like. Some like really old guy, right? Well, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, because it was supposed to be like uh, an old retired guy coming back to, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To 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 prove himself or what? Not prove himself, but you know, seek revenge. Um, right. So, do you want to read this quote from Derek? Uh, yeah. So he says, uh, as I wrote Scorn, uh, the main character in my mind was a revolving door through which any number of actors, both living and dead, <laughs> fell in the role. Uh, Harrison Ford, Robert De Niro, John Renault, um, George Clooney, Burt Lancaster, Richard Burton, Clint Eastwood, Sidney Poitier, Denzel Washington, and Lee Marvin, to name a few. They each share moments of brutal solemnity. Solemnity? Solemnity? Solemnity in their work, and I love that. Yeah, so he's clearly got a uh, a vibe. That's a vo- wide gamut. It is there. a wide, but you've you've got mostly like I mean, there's a few yeah, standouts, that's true. but you've got like you know uh, gruff, manly men who that's are true. like you know also a bit quippy. Besides, right? Yeah, Clint Eastwood. <laughs> But I mean, Keanu Reeves is not. I mean, I guess he is a bit quippy now that I think about it. But John Wick is yeah. not a bit quippy, right? I guess Keanu Reeves isn't quippy. That's not the word I'd use. But he's just, you know, what's the word? You say he's 
I don't know what you're getting at. He he was in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Well, yeah, we we as 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 we all know. <laughs> that, that's what I'm getting at. And then just this other detail, the second thing was not necessarily all that important to the to the storyline. I just thought it was a hilarious uh, uh, inclusion in the article. So the interviewer for um, I believe it was called Action Elite, the Action Elite was the was the website who was doing the interviewing. Um, but the interviewer asked uh, Derek, "What is your process for writing a screenplay? Do you write in chronological order, or do you create scenes when they pop into your head?" Do you want to read Derek's response? Yeah, he says, uh, I drink and I doodle. <laughs> I love a sharpened pencil. <laughs> or a chewed-upon pen alongside a dog-eared, college-ruled notebook and a tall glass of gin with ice, seltzer, and lime. The funny thing, though, is that I never look back at what I've written within. Just writing out thoughts on paper kickstarts the, te- the storytelling process. I don't necessarily enjoy writing pitches, treatments, and outlines. I'd much rather just leap into the screenplay itself. And yeah, I do write in chronological order. (laughs) I just love how long it took him to get around to answering the question there after talking about how he likes to drink and doodle. (laughs) Well, I mean, there's two questions there. He answers them both. Yeah, He's like, what is your process? That's that's, his process. And then, you know. He drinks and doodles. Yeah. I mean, I guess... And then also, he answers the second question, which is... Do you write in, do you write in chronological order? Which is, the answer is yes. Yes. Do you write in chronological order? Me? Yeah. No. No. Good to know. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, so he's uh, he writes the script... And he's kind of he's it's again the vibe is like is um pretty established. I mean the John Wick character is not the most complicated, nor is the story. So, I mean, to give you an example, uh, uh Derek himself said, um, I just finished up Scorn, which as we know is the John Wick. Um, which is a lean and mean tale of revenge, similar in tone to Taken. Lay on the professional and man on fire. Yeah, no, you could definitely see all of those influences incredibly clearly. Yeah, like crystal. When did Taken come out? Huh? Like, when did Taken come out? I think 2012 or something. Maybe even earlier. 2008. 2008, wow. Yeah, because I was just thinking, like, yeah, Taken is, is like, very similar. Basically the same thing, except... They don't kill his dog. They kill. Well, it's not his dog. as it's 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 more reserved, I think, than this movie, which is a funny thing to say about Taken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's a hilarious thing to say. I think Taken's a bit more subtle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is yeah. But yeah, I think you're you you are right. It is a bit more uh, subtle, which is you know probably to its detriment because. If I had to pick between this movie and Taken, you know. Yeah, I mean, I also enjoy Taken. <laughs> like, it's like you were saying, like, yeah, you don't think Taken takes it far enough. Yeah, exactly. Taken is like, it's a fine movie, but there's a lot of action movies out there. Yeah. You gotta be different and interesting, and I think... 
you know, I don't want to be one of those people who's like, oh, John Wick is a revolutionary, you know, you know, those those people who are super fanboy right. about this movie and are like. No, I just think this movie ticks all the boxes, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just super well done and it's like, it's a. You know, it's it's just like, yeah, all the elements are there before. You know, yeah, yeah. This movie just puts it all together exactly, and puts them well, puts it together extremely well, exactly. Because as as we said, they're not the most original of elements. Um, no, no, they're not. <laughs> but that's that's not necessarily an issue. But so the the uh, case in point, it not being an issue, is that the screenplay was bought by a, a production company called Thunder Road Productions, which. Uh, I didn't have time to look into to the name, but I'd like to think it's named after the Bruce Springsteen song. Uh, yeah, I, I don't see why it wouldn't be. <laughs> and they didn't do, like, what did they do before um, this? Just, like, kind of, like, action yeah, schlock films, basically. Yeah. Like, um, this was their first, like, success and then i think they started making slightly more well it seems like they had some relatively big movies yeah before but this. success is the wrong word clash of the titans yeah, yeah the su- town success is the wrong word uh, oh the town they did the town i knew they did clash yeah. of the titans so they had big budget films but like um nothing like you know good <laughs> okay like you know what i mean like no, I don't know what you mean. No critically uh, acclaimed movies. Not right, not that this right. movie's critically acclaimed, but I think yeah, critics I w- enjoyed this movie a lot more than most of the movies prior, uh, to to the to this one in their catalog. Right. Yeah. 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 But yeah. So I mean, this movie has three sequels. Exactly. This is, like, this is a franchise. That's, that's that's yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Wait, have they made the fourth one yet? No, I think the third one just came out. Like earlier yeah, this uh, year okay yeah so the first the, the the third one came out in 2019 and the fourth one is 2019 yeah the third one's been out for two years yeah oh wow i feel i feel like it just i guess it's the pandemic time you know i feel like yeah, i just saw I posters for it or something um oh shit there might even be a fifth one it looks like is there a fourth one in the works yeah the fourth one's like i think being made right now right and then they've already signed in up. fact it might already be filmed right and they're ready for the yeah this is a big one this is a big franchise i don't know how you can like honestly how they keep i haven't seen any of the sequels have you uh i think i've seen the second one um nothing to write home about. Yeah, <laughs> like... right. well that's what i was gonna say is like how can you keep one upping like this isn't like like you know uh, fast and furious that talk about one upping you know like they make yeah. a, a serious effort every time. I don't know what you could do to keep this entertaining in the same kind of way and also one up. Like it's got to, it's got you just keep killing, just kill more, just like yeah, more. Pretty much. <laughs> um. So yeah, so Thunder Road buys it, and they they some rewrites are done. Um, and then Thunder Road, the producers at Thunder Road get a hold of Keanu Reeves. Because I think what they wanted to do, what the producer at Thunder Road said was they were kind of wanted to move away from the uh, the old man. old man exactly. They wanted to. Right. They, yeah. 
he I think exactly what he said is like we wanted it to be someone not necessarily who's technically old, but who's been around like in movies for a long time. You know? Yeah, I mean which is like Keanu definitely fits the bill. Like uh Yeah, he's not an old guy, but what, I like I think like when was Bill and Ted's excellent adventure? Made? Yeah, yeah, like ninety <laughs> 1989, I think. Really? Uh, wow, I thought it was like 91 or something. Uh, let me, I could be wrong. But... Yeah, 1989. Wow. <laughs> and then 10 years later, he does The Matrix. And he still uh, looks like 17 in that yeah, first I know. one. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but yeah, exactly. So, interesting career uh, for him, but yeah. So he, but he apparently gets really involved with the script, like because I think he was the first like, like big name, even like producer wise, to get involved. Right. Yeah. Also, I mean, Keanu is like you know, he's a director and writer in his own right as well, right? Yeah. What are his films? I don't. Th- he's he's also made a couple documentaries, which are interesting. <laughs> He's an interesting person. I don't know that we like we might have talk really about covered. a bit more in uh in the next episode perhaps, but Yeah. Okay. Um let's see. What's he credited as director? So yeah, he directed the uh the film Man of Tai Chi. Oh yeah. I kinda remember um, that. He's produced nineteen things, apparently. <laughs> um right. Oh wait. Yeah. Uh, away, though, oh. I wonder, do you think he just gave money or did he actually? Well, um, for example, I'm thinking of uh, this documentary he made called Side by Side, um, which he was the presenter for. Right. Um, which is actually an interesting documentary and fits in with a lot of stuff that we kind of talk about. It's actually about, uh, it's about sort of film and digital, like compared. Oh, interesting. So he talks to a bunch of different directors about, like, what they think. That's very interesting. Um, we should watch that. That would be a... We should, yeah. Uh, I, I've seen it. It's pretty cool. Uh, and he's kind of just, like... Uh, he doesn't really, obviously, take a position on it. Right. He's just the uh, presenter. Yeah. Yeah, but... Uh... Yeah, he produced that as well. Uh, okay, I'm gonna have to look into this later, but <laughs> we'll definitely talk about you know the many talents of Keanu Reeves. Reeves yeah, that'll... Not to mention, apparently, pretty good goaltender. Oh yeah, so I've heard. Apparently, yeah, yeah. He he's good, uh, good ball hockey goaltender. Yeah, well, and ice hockey. And ice hockey. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, uh, in high school, he uh, he was a. Uh, Pretty good goalie and uh, considered uh, going pro. Wow! Imagine Keanu Reeves. He, uh, in the I NHL. think he was. Yeah, uh, I think he basically got sidelined by like an injury, but yeah, he was definitely on the road for that. Wow! I mean, he's he's he, we we can tell that he's physical. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. He's got the <laughs> athletic abil- ability. Yeah, how tall is he? Could he be a goalie in the NHL? Oh, he's tall. He's really tall. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's what you need. Yeah, uh, you take up the net. Height. 
Six foot one. Okay. Okay, that's not that tall. I mean, reasonably tall. That's taller. That's a lot taller than I am. So. I mean, that's short for like an NHL goalie, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's like. But you know, you could do it. Yeah, you could totally do it. Um, we're getting a little sidetracked here. Um, we are. We were talking about. Yeah, well, we got distracted by the many talents of Keanu Reeves. Well, that's bound to happen. That's we can't. We can't. Uh, but know. yeah, so he uh, he definitely took an interest in uh, in the project, like pretty hands on, from what I can understand, right? Yeah, yeah. There's this great article uh, written by a guy named Doug Moe, who interviewed Colstad a while ago. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So like from what I recall, he basically he basically named the movie, didn't he? Colstad. No, no. Uh, uh, Keanu. Keanu. Basically, yeah, yeah. Do you want to yeah. read this? Read this quote from Doug Moe. Yeah, so um, Kolstad titled his script Scorn, but once Reeves became attached to the film, he began telling everybody he was making a movie called John Wick. <laughs> Keanu liked the name so much. Pretty soon, um, the title of the film was actually changed to John Wick, a name Kolstad put in the script as a salute to his grandfather, uh, Mazomini businessman John Wick, who founded Wick Building Systems in 1955. It's not true. It was actually 1954. The, uh, Doug, Doug uh, incorrectly got uh, quoted that, but we, we could yeah, move that's on. that's fine. <laughs> when Derek uh, communicated to the news to Jane Wick Colstad, his mother in Madison... Jane um, Wick, that she's... that just gets me. Come on, Jane Wick, that there's a Jane Wick. Nah, yeah. come on. <laughs> See, yeah, she suggested Derek write his grandfather. Derek was a little concerned how his grandpa might receive the idea of having <laughs> his name on an ultraviolet movie about a contract killer. He needn't have worried. Uh, my 15 minutes of fame, John Wick said <laughs> last week. Wick sent me a note. Uh, on his stance, I was tickled by Derek for using my name for a movie, and the Hitman character was frosting on the cake. Hey, this is fun. Let the good times roll. Yeah, that's hilarious. That's great. There you go. Some words from from John Wick himself. Yeah, that was actually. I put these quotes in the wrong order. It was actually the second one that made more sense with what with what I introduced. But that's still such a great like. <laughs> yeah. Great quote. So do you want to read this next bit from Doug Moe as well? Because that is talks about the introduction of Keanu to uh to Kolstad. One day last wing, Madison native Derek Kolstad found himself sitting in a room in a home in the hills above Los Angeles. The view of the city outside his window was spectacular, though it really couldn't compare to what was happening inside. The home's owner, actor Keanu Reeves, was making a point. He was strangling an invisible man and jumping up and down on my script, Colstad recalled last week. I remember thinking, I guess I've made it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Um, I, 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 That would be my reaction. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're in Keanu Reeves' house and he's jumping up and down on your script, yeah, that's good yeah, news. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And choking an invisible man. Yeah, that means he's involved. He's engaged. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm. Uh, that's 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 good a good sign when so yeah so like uh keanu got like pretty hooked on the project pretty early then yeah exactly he yeah he was he uh he thought it was pretty sick i yeah sort of like uh brad pitt and moneyball sort of like that yeah exactly yeah and he he in the same way he kind of took a uh 
an almost production like approach because he was the one who called up uh uh Chad and Dave who we've introduced Chad but I don't know that we've introduced Dave. Okay. Dave is I refer to uh David Leach or Leitch. We're not 100% sure. Um he's listed as a producer on this film. Uh but that is somewhat inaccurate. The only reason he's actually producers is listed as a producer is because of like uh uh something to do with the with the uh directors guild. Oh, I see. Oh, is it that he actually kind of directed the movie, but you can't have two directors without like being Coen Brothers or something like that? Basically, yeah. So okay, he, him, and uh, Chad uh, Stahelski basically co-directed it, but um, because of the uh, the directors, directors guild, guild, yeah, you can't have right. David, I I think literally the Coen Brothers have an exception. <laughs> That like a lot. I, I can't. I might be wrong on this, but like, it's ridiculous. Also, the first couple Coen Brother movies, you'll notice that yeah, it's not I think one they is pick one of them to do it. Yeah, directed and produced, or directed and written by, or whatever. Yeah, ridiculous. Um, but yeah, so Keanu calls up these two guys, and these two guys are. So Keanu was attached to the the movie before it had a director. Or anything, exactly. Right? He's the first. It was just a script at this point. Yeah, it was a script. They uh, 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 Thunder Road bought the script. Then I guess they wanted a big name to cast it to build the movie around. Well, yeah, clearly it worked. It's exactly, exactly, and they picked the right name. Um, yeah. And so, so Chad and Dave are these two, like, old Hollywood, not old Hollywood, not old old Hollywood, but. Like, like 90s. Yeah, at yeah. The, at the time period, like they're they're veterans of They've Hollywood been around for a while, yeah. of the uh, uh, of stunts, like of stunts and and uh, what's the other word I'm looking for? Action movies. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know, <laughs> but they they so they worked on the Matrix, um, which is obviously how Keanu knew them, but they also worked on stuff like the Hunger Games and I don't know some other action movies. But point being, they're they're veterans. But they had mostly worked on a um like second unit stuff and like uh um like head of uh production. What are you? What's it called? What are you? Head of a not a unit, not a group. Uh, uh what do you call it when you're like head of the stunt de- department? Just department. Department heads. head. So that's okay. that's what they said. They spent. They did most of their stuff, but they really wanted to break into like. Uh, directing, but they weren't like a team or anything. They just had happened to be happened to work together a lot. Yeah, because they're like kind of the two best guys in the uh, in the industry. So Keanu calls them up and is like, "Hey, you guys should throw your hats in the ring to like to do the stunts for this because I'd really like to work with you guys again." So basically, they uh, they're like, you know, let's be let's try and be first unit. So they they throw it in and they they uh, right. they get hired as the basically the directors yeah and, and like, i guess like yeah and also since like you know this movie doesn't have like a huge budget or anything like i think the studio probably feels more comfortable you know just letting these guys direct even though they've never been the first director before right yeah exactly and and in a movie like this i think it's the kind of thing where like having a stunt guy direct it like this movie's 99 percent stunt choreography so like, I feel like 
your second unit would actually take up like a lot of your stunt unit would be most of the 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 yeah there's long stretches of this movie with absolutely no dialogue exactly so <laughs> i mean i don't really know how that works on a set on a high on a big budget set so i don't know exactly but still you'd think it, it would be fine to have these two guys do it yeah exactly this is a good quote from 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 david on their uh on their influences and from the script and about the script do you want to read this this quote from david from uh the source website yeah so he says uh i think we were influenced by this sort of classic composition of the 60s and 70s we loved the spaghetti western movies sergio leone movies the kurosawa movies i mean none of this involves long lenses and shaking the camera you need to live in these graphic shots where the performance is compelling that's what we were sort of targeting i think i don't know if that really comes across no necessarily but no not as much like um... i didn't really read anything uh spaghetti western or kurosawa which hilarious I, that that, he, I mean, that there are both but little bits you can kind of see but i mean there's like there's violence and then maybe in the characters but i don't know necessarily about in the way it like looks or feels you right know? yeah like the characters are kind of sergio leone and by that i mean <laughs> Akira Kurosawa. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I but, mean, I I didn't I didn't really see it that directly, but you know, maybe if I looked again, having uh, having heard known that, this, maybe I having heard this, I'd maybe notice something. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of the characters, so Chad, because we we mentioned earlier, the characters are like super important. Well, we sort of mentioned that. Well, they are super important because Chad Chad said uh, Derek Kolstad had written the script. Um, or rather, the way Derek Kolstad had written the script. Each one of those characters had that one big punchline, and you learned more about John Wick and John Wick's world through these bit characters, which made them even more important. They had to give us that little piece of information, even if they're only on screen a little bit. And I thought that was a super interesting little uh, insight. That kind of made me look at the movie a little bit differently, thinking about it like that. Like, each interaction he has with one of these bit characters kind of like gives you another grain of uh well yeah i mean that yeah it's also like it's interesting uh also that you know none of the exposition about john wick comes from john wick yeah exactly like this whole movie's kind of the whole point of this movie is who's john who's this guy <laughs> yeah so i mean i mean you quickly figure that out but like you know but it's like more you get, you you get more, more nuance as it goes on but i mean like for example like uh yeah like everything you learn about john wick is is how other characters either talk about him or interact with him yeah and it's either like pure fear <laughs> yeah or like admiration exactly yeah <laughs> but yeah the, the, this is one last uh little back and forth between chad and david i thought was hilarious this is so david says at the end of the day we're action junkies and the films that some and the films that sometimes we like, maybe the character gets lost, and we just watch it for like basically. And then Chad interjects, action porn, <laughs> action porn, right? But we were really, really aware of keeping the integrity of the character throughout the story, and that's why we reined ourselves in at some times. 
I know the action seems insane, but there were some times where it was character over action. <laughs> now, do you I mean, that believe does that? seem ridiculous. Like, let, let me just read that la- that sentence one more time. And that's why we reined ourselves in it sometimes. Where? Show me where. I mean, there are, like, I mean, it wasn't, I mean, you missed the first 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, good point. Maybe it's all in there. That's where the, uh, the, uh... Because, I mean, you know, there's a good chunk of time before any actual killing happens. Yeah, it's almost, like, 12 whole minutes. Yeah, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, for the first, you know, couple minutes of the movie, it's just funerals and cute dogs. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Well, I mean, if you count that as part of the movie... Um, All right, but no, I um. So, so is he saying that this movie is action porn, or that other movies are action porn? He's saying he's saying that the kind of movies that they like and that they usually oh, okay. work on, they they're good at action porn, but they had to tone it down because that's right. Well, I mean, there definitely was some action porn here. Yeah, yeah, but they're trying. That's to say, undeniable. They're trying to say they tried to tone it down and not just right. be action porn. Okay. But I don't know how successful they were. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong with action porn, but... No, but I mean, I don't know. There's definitely something about this movie that, like, uh, you know... Very slightly transcends action porn? Exactly. Because, I mean, there are other movies like this, you know, that aren't quite as good. Yeah. Now, how much of that is just Keanu Reeves? Well, I imagine a good chunk of it. But also, like, well, once again, as we were saying, like, you don't really learn anything about John Wick from John Wick. Yeah. So there's only so much Keanu Reeves can do there. It's true. It's true. He's mostly, yeah, he's mostly just his face. Yeah. Um, But no, like, there are definitely some, uh... no, it's not, it's not just action porn. You know, the way this, I think the way this movie is paced is actually, now that I think about it, not just, you know, it's like, you know, a lot of people die. Like, that's clear. Yeah. But, like, I mean, there's actually, like, a couple scenes where a lot of dying happens, you know what I mean? But it's not, it's not, like, straight through the whole movie, you know what I mean? Yours, yeah, they're, well, they're, it, it does now. This sounds ridiculous, but it does aid the plot in a way. <laughs> what, what does all the death? Well, it does because he's gets him closer. Each each mass murder gets him slightly closer to the one guy. Yeah, why? Well, I, I I mean the two guys basically. The two guys. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing. It kind of switch like that's it switches. It does kind of switch. We'll talk about that a bit more probably in part two, the switch and all, and how we feel about that. That's more of a final thoughts than a... Right. Than a where we are now. But yeah, so Keanu, speaking of Keanu and and him him being super important to this movie, and everyone who uh, worked on this movie all had like the same thing to say about Keanu, and that's like how much work he put into, into this movie. Like... Not just on screen, obviously, but off screen. Yeah. Which, again, kind of obviously, you have to. If, you just, if you've seen the movie, you can tell. 
Yeah, no, like, like, I'm sure, like, honestly, like, like, I'm talking about, like, he probably put in, like, serious, like, physical miles on this movie. Yeah, like, yeah, like, exactly. Not, like, like, real, real work, you know, like. Yeah, exactly. Well, apparently he, uh, several months before shooting, he was working with the, with the stunt team five days a week, eight hours a day, according to the producer. Um, wow. Yeah. And he was like, he was learning martial arts. They were going through stuff. He was like, uh, learning how to drive because he did all the stunts basically in this movie. Like, I don't think. There's... Yeah. No. Okay. There's okay. This is one stunt that I can think of that like, I really want to know whether or not that was actually him, and that's where he falls off like the balcony basically. Oh yeah, yeah. That that is such a brutal like. Because you you he, I mean you know credit to Keanu like you know. If it wasn't him, he definitely does a good job, like, when he gets up of making it, you know, making good, us believe that. Good acting, Keanu. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, I mean, if it was him, that's also, like, you know, amazing. Yeah, yeah, I mean... Because, I mean... It's an impressive stunt. There's no way that you do that and it, like... Without it hurting a bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like... It's got to hurt a I don't a know what bit. the floor was made of. I don't know if he was on some kind of cable harness. Who knows? They said they didn't use any harnesses. Right. But I don't know. For a scene like that, I think they may have been exaggerating. I mean... Maybe not. How did they do it in Die Hard again? <laughs> when Hans fell? When Hans fell? Oh, he literally just fell onto, like, a pad. Damn, yeah, they had, like, yeah. a, a green that must or a, be blue, what it is. a blue screen... Pad, pad yeah. yeah that must have been what it was yeah probably uh anyway <laughs> i'll have to look into that for part two yeah we will we will we'll figure that out yeah <laughs> so yeah he, he but yeah he he did all the driving stunts too so he he put that's pretty amazing yeah exactly like he put in a lot of work um and I mean the stunt team. Well, I think we'll talk about the stunt team a bit more in part two. Like we'll give them, we'll like properly name them and go through them because, mm-hmm. like, this movie is like separating the directors and the stunt team and the producers. Like they all seem to have a very similar job. Like they were all in the room teaching Keanu and like bouncing off each other, choreographing these, you know, intense fights. So it seems like it was a super collaborative. Um, uh, pre-production period because they like filmed all of it and everything too like it's the choreography I'm trying to figure yeah, stuff out um, yeah definitely I also I think that that's clearly one of the areas where this movie shines the choreography yeah, yeah. it's like everything is super deliberate <laughs> yeah well you can tell it's directed by a couple of stunt choreographers yeah I know exactly like, like they've paid perfect attention like it's such in the forefront um and exactly and one of the guys who was in charge of the stunts was saying that um they like they made a real um effort to to design a lot of the moves around how Keanu moves which i thought was super interesting like oh, yeah. because like normally cuz so he learned jiu jitsu brazilian and japanese jiu jitsu and then also judo which are very technical martial arts, but not quite as showy as the other ones in the sense that there's not as many, like, you know, punches thrown and stuff like that. It's a lot of, like, close... Practical. Yeah, practical, close contact, like, weight, 
uh, shift is what a lot of those are. Um, so they the, what they tried to do is like they to make it look a little more showy. They would like uh, obviously make the moves a little bit different than they actually were, but they would do it in a way to like, okay, we know Keanu like you know he rolls this way or he does it like this, so we're gonna try and like make it so it shows off his ability the most. And I just thought it was a super like intense. A personal way of doing it that made it look make made it look all the all the all much more uh, I don't know natural. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Like, you you could tell like you know, uh, like a both Kanye was incredibly prepared for, it, but also like he was really comfortable doing the moves, and I'm sure that's helped by what you were saying. Exactly. Like, and then and then you know the long shots. I think we've talked about this. I'm sure everyone who likes movies has had the conversation about uh how a lot of action movies substitute choreography for with cuts. Yeah, that's true. You know. It's uh you know, it's always better when you show the whole thing cuz you know it's more real. There are a lot of cuts in this movie and it is fast paced like that, but you still yeah. see him follow through yeah. with his motions in a way, in ways which makes it in a lot of ways seem makes this movie so brutal. Because in a lot of action movies, you don't see the follow through in the same way. Like they don't show. Yeah, that definitely not. No, it it definitely feels like really like real, real. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a visceral quality to it that you know. Yeah. So, are, yeah. are you familiar with gun fu? Um, is it what it sounds like? Exactly what it sounds like. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I I had never heard the term gun fu until I I looked up. I was reading about this movie, but they that's what they right. used to describe, uh, kind of the the close combat gun fight style in this movie. Yeah, I mean that kind of makes sense. I think that's a good uh, description of it. I thought that was a silly name. Apparently, it first appeared in the tabletop Cyberpunk 2020 game in 1988. It was like the first written record of gunfu being used. Interesting. The name gunfu. Interesting that you mentioned Cyberpunk 2020. Cyberpunk 20. I know that's why I threw that in there. I thought it was a weird. Well, because little... well, Cyberpunk 2020 obviously. The game Cyberpunk 2077 is based on that, which Keanu Reeves is a voice actor in. Yeah, he's and he's like he was super involved in the process <laughs> he, as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is weird. Yeah, interesting connection. Yeah, um, but I think John Woo was kind of the the. Oh yeah, definitely. The, uh, yeah, the true inventor of of the gun gun foo style. But yeah, that's. That's like Keanu. He, I think he put the most work into his fighting, obviously. Um, but everyone who was like had stunt work in the movie all did put a lot of work into it. Like uh, 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 Michael Nyquist. Nyquist, God damn it. Um, he also learned a fair amount of uh, uh, martial arts. Did I don't really in the. I, I... He doesn't do that much of it except for the fight at the end, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But it's a pretty... Do they mention Sambo in the movie? I think they do. Maybe, yeah. Because that... So there's like this... It's a type of Russian jiu-jitsu called Sambo. Um, yeah, I believe I've heard of it before. Yeah. It's... 
it's you know it's 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 interesting. I I, I tried to watch a bit of it. I it didn't. I couldn't tell the difference between it and other types of jujitsu. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, I'm sure if you knew anything about jujitsu, if jiu-jitsu, I knew you anything <laughs> about jujitsu, yeah, that might help. <laughs> yeah, but so yeah, he learned this in because uh, he's from Sweden, I believe. Right. Uh, so he was in Sweden at the when he was learning it, but he learned it from a bunch of Russian guys. He said in Stockholm, and he described the experience as method acting. So take from that what you will about the well, people I mean, who, I... who taught him. That's yeah, interesting. <laughs> yeah, you describe them as like hardcore Russian dudes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if you're the kind of red like kind of guy who uh knows Sambo, maybe maybe that's just the type. Yeah, I feel like the kind of guy who's not in Russia who knows Sambo. <laughs> yeah, like, why maybe. aren't you in Russia anymore? Why can't you go back? Oh, oh, I see. No. I don't <laughs> No, um, but yeah, that's that's basically kind of the the pre-production. But there is more to the actual stunt work and the filming and all that. Yeah, which I'm sure we're going to go into much more detail about. Yes, very much more detail next time, next week. Uh, however, luckily for you listeners, before that. Um, we have a a new, uh, not a new, but a a different segment for you. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, I wouldn't say it's new. It's our oldest segment, I think. Well, welcome to Six Series of Star Trek. This is the Perfect. segment in which we try to find connections between this film and Star Trek. Yeah, so this is probably like a middle-of-the-road one, like not too hard, not too easy. That's my guess. Okay, so um, to you right off the bat, there are no direct connections I was aware of. Okay, so a little harder than I thought. I thought there might have been like one direct connection, but... right. Unless you count the Orville as Star Trek. You could. I think you there's a very Which good case. It almost is. There's a very good case to be made for, for it being Star Trek. Considering some of the things that are technically Star Trek, I think the Orville has it, it has a, a, almost, a better claim than some of them. It has yeah, exactly. A, like an, an almost fair stake to the claim of being Star Trek. Exactly. Especially given that it has many actors on it that have been in Star Trek. You've been in Star Trek. <laughs> Which is where our first connection comes in. Oh, sick. <laughs> That's great. Um, so it's and basically, so, a, basically a one step. Yeah, so, okay, so we have Adrian Palicki, uh, who, uh, who we is, discussed, yes. I, who is one of the stars of the Orville. Right. Uh, uh, and, you know, take your pick at who you want to... Uh, who you want to make the connection to, uh, I mean, From one of there. the executive producers, or sorry, not executive producer, I think just, let me just quickly, wait, wait. Well, I mean, first of all, the creator of the Orville, Seth MacFarlane, has been on Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, he uh, was on the, uh, the, the Discovery, I assume. No, he was not. No? Oh, he, he was, was on... in Star Trek Enterprise. 
Oh right. Because he is a he is a big Star Trek nerd, obviously, yeah, which is why course. he created the Orville. Yeah. Uh Brandon Braga, uh one of the creators of Star Trek uh Voyager. Yep. Uh is also involved in this Genius. show. Genius. Executive producer, uh on many uh for a couple of seasons, I believe, and writer of many episodes. Genius. Penny Johnson Gerald plays Dr. Claire Finn. That's a great name, Penny Johnson Gerald. And she was also a recurring character in Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Oh, well, she's like, so she's a great connection then. I'm just going over all the connections. Yeah, there's, they, you could probably go on, I assume. Uh, Robert Picardo's been on the Orville. Fuck yeah, he has. I love um, Robert Picardo. John Billingsley has been on the Orville. Follow Robert, yeah. Robert Picardo on all, all social media. For a for a good time for a, I'll also follow us on all social media. Yeah, too. that's true. While you're um, at it, yeah, while you're doing that, as as uh, as a uh, anyway, so that's a connection. Just everybody on the Orville. Yeah, the, the Orville period. Uh, but I'll say that's a two step because very technically it is not actually sorry. Technically not canon. So I will continue. Do. Going through Keanu Reeves. Oh, sick. And uh, there are actually a couple of different ways that, you know, Keanu Reeves can be connected to Star Trek. Interesting. He's never been on Star Trek, as we know. As you said, there's no first degrees. No. However, uh, Keanu Reeves has been in many things that have been connected to Star Trek. Connected to Star Trek, yeah. So let me get. Um, has the Matrix okay, been connected want... to Star Trek? Well, that's not the route I'm going down. Okay, what route are you going down? Are you going? I'm going down Bill and Ted's. Ah, that's the there. other route. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Bernie Casey, who plays their teacher. Oh yeah, doesn't he also? In... Doesn't he also play the teacher in uh, Ferris Bueller, or am I thinking of something else? No, that's Ben Stein. Oh. In Ferris Bueller. Oh, okay. Never mind. Go on. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so um, he has been in two episodes of Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. Which two? Um, the Maquis, Part One and Two. Oh, of, sick! Uh, Makes sense. Where he plays uh Calvin Hudson, Captain Calvin Hudson, or sorry, no, Commander Calvin Hudson. Wow. I bet. Who is Cisco's uh former buddy? Who uh turns out to be a Maquis. Can't trust anybody. What? <laughs> uh, I mean the Maquis. So, I mean, well, we I mean, we all know that the Maquis can can. There's a redeeming quality. Well, the Maquis aren't like you know necessarily bad. No, but... they just they there's some terrorist leanings. Let's say. Right. Well, I mean, how much how much do you know from like Voyager versus East Space Nine? I know more from Voy- Voyager because right. Because yeah. obviously, because I mean, Chakotay like, you know, and Balana. right, right. Because I mean, the the Maquis have some very legitimate grievances. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure they do. <laughs> they but anyway, that's not what we're going. We need to keep going down this piano <laughs> hole. We're not talking about the Maquis right now. Um. So okay, we got two here through Keanu. Okay. And I could keep. I could even keep going, but. Uh, so we also have Rod Loomis, who played Sigmund Freud in Bill and Ted's Excellent. 
Oh, good. And and he played the hell out of him, I bet. Yeah. Rod Loomis. Points for being named Loomis. Yeah. I wonder if that's a John Carpenter reference. (laughs) You think this guy's name is a John Carpenter reference? (laughs) Yeah, no, this guy's parents named him. I wonder if this is a Halloween reference. (laughs) Yeah, this guy's name is definitely a Halloween reference. Uh, but anyway, uh, so anyway, uh, he also plays a doctor in, in Star Trek: Next Generation. Yeah, right. He plays Doctor Paul Mannheim in the episode "We'll Always Have Paris." Oh yeah, <laughs> that's uh that's an interesting episode. You get a little bit of Picard's backstory. You do. You definitely do. You learn. You learn a lot about Picard in that episode. Paul Mannheim is uh is his the lady's husband now right uh i think so it's been a while since i've seen that episode i think that's what maybe i'm wrong yeah that's it actually that's three connections right there there you go sick um well that's that's that that's the last segment of this episode wow do we have anything anything else important to to throw at the people uh yeah, we could we could do some shout outs. To to uh to to the listeners. Yeah, um shout out to uh all our uh listeners in Taiwan. Oh fuck yeah. There's gotta be at least one of you. There is at least one. At least one at, at one time. Not necessarily a repeat listener. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Uh if you're listening to us from Taiwan, good on ya. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We love our Taiwanese listeners. And all the other ones. So yeah, we'll be back next week with part two of John Wick. That'll have all the production-y stuff and some more fun segments. Uh, yeah.